How's it going, everybody? This is Stephen Klatz with Klatz Talk. This is episode four. Uh, today, I'm going to be going over the uh, recent uh, shareholders coming forward to Apple and demanding more parental controls and deeper studies on if iPhones are bad for children or uh, phones in general and iPads and tablets in general. Um, so, the big news here is that two big Apple shareholders want Apple to investigate whether iPhones are bad for children. So that's actually a pretty big deal. Uh, The shareholders are Jaina Partners and Cal STRS. Probably butchering that as well. They both control about $2 billion in Apple shares. Uh, It's ridiculous just for two shareholders. Um, So a situation like this, shareholders actually coming forward to a big company like this and actually writing an open letter to them uh, about a big change like this is really unusual. Uh, They're actually putting a lot of pressure on them by doing this because they have such a huge amount of shares, $2 billion. Um, So it's also kind of unusual because it's more of a social responsibility instead uh, instead of it just being like a corporate issue. I mean, this is really something... That's, like I said, more social, um, and it's leaning more towards Apple being responsible uh, and uh, taking part in if their products are okay for younger children, and uh, that's really a, a pretty big deal, a pretty big take, take that they're, uh, they're doing with this. So, like I said, both investors wrote an op- in, uh, open letter to Apple. Um, they used a ton of scientific research to back up how lots of children... In, uh, in the U.S. specifically, get distracted. Um, so they want Apple to create a child development expert committee uh, to specifically study the impact on, of technology on children. Um, and like I said, they also want to have Apple add more sophisticated parental controls uh, to things like iPhones and iPads. Um, and assign an Apple executive to take responsibility for this area. So just one Apple exec just on this specific idea. Uh, like I said, it's a lot to ask of such a huge company like Apple, but with $2 billion in shares, they're not just going to say no and have those two shareholders walk away and there's $2 billion um, in shares. So they're not, they're not going to stand down to this. Um, so some of this research that they put in this open letter. I'll just go through some of the basics. So, um, the first one is American teens on average get their first phone at age 10. 10 years old, uh, American teens are getting a, well, yeah, teens uh, are getting a cell phone, which is, uh, which is ridiculous. I personally did not get my first real phone uh, until I was 15, I think. Um, so 10 years old, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty bad. I know a lot of kids that get their first phone when, you know, they were 10 or a lot of people in high school bragged about how they got their first cell phone when they were, uh, you know, seven or eight years old. And it's just ridiculous. Um, maybe, you know, there's a lot of, uh, uh, lower budget phones, uh, kind of pay as you go deals where they're super strict. Like all you can do is dial a number. That's it. Can't even send a text. Just dial 911 or, you know, uh, your mom or dad or 
uncle, grandpa, whatever. Just really specific things like that. You can't do anything else. No internet access, anything like that. That is fine. Um, partially. That kind of gets rid of some of the problems, but the other problems that are still there are eye strain and uh, very small amounts of radiation. But it's, still, it's still one thing to consider. Uh, it's not a big deal, though. So back to the statistics. Uh, these kids spend more than four and a half hours a day on their phones. Uh, this does not include texting and calling. This is strictly internet access, apps, games, uh, you know, all that social media deal. Um, just mostly social media. Uh, so this must this much usage on a child's still developing brain, especially at 10 years old, uh, has a huge impact. Uh, it definitely does. It definitely affects their, their brain development process when they're getting all these things from the internet that they're seeing. Uh, so much bad stuff out there at 10 years old. That's insane. Um, I personally, I have two kids of my own. I would not want either of them to get a phone until they're like 16. And that's going to be really hard in this day and age because it's become such a regular thing, uh, for kids so young to get these devices. Now, personally, I know, like I said, kids in high school brag about getting a phone before they are even 10 years old, uh, which is ridiculous. And, uh, I got a couple people that I know that have kids that, you know, gave their kids phones when they're like 11 or 12, which I still think is crazy. And, you know, they're giving them iPads and iPads, I'll get into that again. But one of the things with that is like, like I said about a strict phone, um, where you can only call 911 and relatives with an iPad, they do have a lot of uh, parental controls to restrict, um, you know, horrible YouTube videos and which is a whole nother thing. Um, cause there's so many bad things on YouTube already. Uh, they do have a YouTube kids deal, but it's, it's, yeah, it's still scary. Um, but that's a whole, that's a whole nother day. So, uh, like I said, they have a lot of good parental controls on iPad, but that's the thing these shareholders want more of, uh, more strict, more strict parental controls with this. And I completely agree. Completely agree. But the point is that I know a lot of people that give their kids phones really young and iPads really young. And that leaves them prone to, yeah, eye strain, radiation, whatever. But the big thing is the social media. Um, in this day and age, in 2018, there are a lot of things on the internet that no one should be seeing. Uh, last week, my Logan Paul deal is a very good example of that. You know, just Logan Paul uploading stuff on YouTube and and uh, all of his young subscribers see that and that's what they're going to remember. Uh, it's pretty horrible, but there's really not much that anybody can do about it. Even YouTube, they they can't just go through every single, I mean, they can go through every single video, but they're not going to do, you know, every video that uploads right away. I think uh, there's some crazy statistic. I have no clue what it is, but there's so many videos that get uploaded every second. You know, there's no way that they can be checked right when they're uploaded. Uh, it takes time. And that's one of the other things with Logan Paul is nobody expected it. I'm sure YouTube didn't expect it because he hasn't had a clean reputation, but he's had a pretty decent reputation. Like I said, he's still got a lot of young subscribers. So that means something that they're not freaked out to leave or that just means they're pretty messed up. But uh, I'm getting way off topic here. So the point is that 
uh, these kids, their brains are not developed enough to take in all of this, all of these things, uh, not especially on social social media. All of these horrible things. They should not be seeing this at such a young age. So another little statistic: uh, twice as many kids have phones now than they did in 2004. Um, and this study that I'm actually reading from is from 2010. So imagine what that is now. It's insane. And even for back in 2010, now eight years ago, twice as many kids had phones in 2010 than they did in 2004. That's six years. It's been eight years since 2010. I mean, I can't imagine how much that statistic has changed. Uh, I can imagine it's definitely been drastically increased. Um, so another one, 85% of kids age 14 to 17 have phones. Um, like I said, I have two kids of my own. I would give them a phone around 16. Uh, you know, maybe 15, 16 is around when I got mine. I think I was 15. Uh, 14 to 17, that's, that's a pretty good age to get a phone. I think that's actually perfect. That's when your kids start to get really social with their friends and, you know, uh, get their permits and, and almost get their license at 16. And they want to go out and hang out with their friends, go to the mall, uh, whatever kids do nowadays. And if they have a phone, then, then that's perfect. Even if it's those stupid (laughs) phones that you give like really little kids where you can just call just for emergencies only. I don't care. Embarrass them, whatever. The point is safety. And you know, if they're going out with their friends, they want to be as safe as you want them to be as safe as possible. They don't care, but you want them to be as safe as possible. And they would care if they were in that situation where their life was threatened. And then they'd pull out that phone and call you, call the cops. And, you know, hopefully they'd be okay in that situation. Um, so below that, 69% of kids aged 11 to 14 have phones. That's a huge, that's almost a three-quarter slice right there of kids. 11 to 14 years old. Um, That's just a little bit younger than the 14 to 17 that I agree with, but it's still, I mean, 11 is the youngest one there. 11 years old having a phone. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Maybe a while ago. Maybe a phone with just calling and maybe some games or some snake or something. Uh, 31% of kids age 8 to 10 have phones. 31%, that's still more than a quarter slice. That's still a really pretty big amount of kids at such a young age having phones. And even though this was in 2010, yeah, those have definitely increased. But still, in 2010, kids age 8 to 10 having phones. Uh, In 2010, there's still a lot of bad stuff out there. Social media was still happening. Maybe MySpace, I don't know, and AOL, AIM Messenger, whatever. There's still... A lot of bad people out there, a lot of weirdos um, that try to come over to your house and all that stuff, get you to come to them. It's It was still really messed up online. That's my point. So for more than a quarter of kids age 8 to 10 to have phones and have access to all that is, is pretty bad. Um, so like I said, again, this study is 8 years old. Um, this study was done in the same year that the iPhone 4 was released. Uh, this iPhone 4 had a huge breakthrough for Apple in the sense of design and speed and all that. So you could really do a lot more with it. Um, back in the day, it was obviously a big deal. Nothing compared to now, but it was it was a big breakthrough at that point. Um, 
So, I mean, you just got to imagine how different it is now. Uh, eight years later, we got the iPhone 10 and the, the 8 and the 8 Plus with these crazy processors. And the iPhone 4, um, you know, was fast at the time, but it still couldn't handle what we do today on our phones. Uh, but it could still get on, like I said, there's still social media. There was still MySpace and maybe Facebook and that people were getting on and and uh, and still, you know, you can search the web easily and get into all those horrible things on uh, the dark web. And there's some pretty horrible stuff out there. So my point is they still had access if they had. I don't know if any parents got their kids an iPhone when they were that young. But if you do, um, you know, you got the Internet access. There are not very many phones at all uh, in 2018 that don't have internet access. Uh, there are still some some very older people with, uh, you know, jitterbugs. I don't know if those have internet access, but the buttons are huge. I really doubt it. Even if it did, I doubt they'd go through the trouble. Um, so there are actually some, uh, some pretty good benefits to your kid having a phone, not at, you know, eight years old, but at a young age around there. Like I said, the uh, maybe like 13 to to 16 range, I think would be perfect or 14 to 17, whatever. Um, so it's obviously really convenient. Like I said, when your kid is that age, they want to go out and hang out with friends, go to the mall, go to the movies, whatever. They're going to have that phone in case of an emergency. Um, so again, you want them to be safe at all times as a parent. They don't really care. They just want to go hang out and have fun. Uh, but when they're in that situation, when it's you know, fight or flight, they're going to have their phone and it's going to be crucial to them at that point. And they're going to, even if it's a stupid, you know, uh, call only phone, they're going to be so happy that they had it because that meant their life. Um, so another thing that's, it's a smaller benefit, but it's definitely a big one for these kids getting a phone is they want to fit in with all their friends, all their friends getting, you know, maybe iPhones or uh, even call only phones that they might brag about. They'll get all these phones and, and your kid's going to want to fit in and be cool like their friend. And, um, so either way, they're going to want one to fit in with them. So there's a lot of downsides, uh, that go with the subject as well. So radiation, like I mentioned before, it's a very small one. There's not a lot of evidence to back this up, but there still is some, uh, it's a very, very, very minimal downside uh, because these phones use uh, radio waves. They work by using radio waves. Uh, like I said, it's not much, but it still can affect your health, especially with younger children. And like I said before, their brains are still developing and uh, advancing slowly and they can't have that kind of radiation interfering. Um, so a study in 2011 showed no link between cell phone use and brain tumors in children and teens. But cell phone use has definitely increased since then, so that could have changed. And that right there is a study from 2010, and it's now 2018, eight years later. So much has changed in eight years. It's just crazy to even think of uh, how much more cell phone usage is going on today. Um, so another downside is lack of sleep. That's definitely a big deal uh, that I remember dealing with that I didn't care at the time. But uh, obviously, I, I know it's a definitely a big deal now when I have kids. Um, and especially for those people that have grown up and are going to college and are actually dealing with legit lack of sleep uh, from, you know, trying to study and, and pass your exams. And you think when you're a kid, you know, you 
took it for granted when you had all that spare time to sleep uh, because you, you know, you got a new phone and you want to be on your phone. And I remember AIM was a huge deal and MySpace and all that stuff. Um, so there's a lot of growing evidence that cell phones can disrupt children's sleep patterns. Uh, and like I said, so many kids are getting phones when they're 10 years old and uh, a few years ahead of that. And within that time pattern, your brain is still developing so much. It's so crucial um, that when you're on a cell phone and you want to stay up and talk to your friends, you're losing so much sleep, you're messing up your sleep patterns, and it's just really not good for you at all. Um, most of, if not all, teens sleep with their phone right next to them when they go to bed. You know, that's, I think, uh, probably 95% of people do that nowadays. You know, there's a huge portion of people in 2018 that don't have alarm clocks. Uh, they use their phone. Um, they, you know, listen to music on their phone when they go to sleep, something like that, that they need their phone right next to them. They want to wake up and grab your phone. I don't know anybody personally that wakes up and doesn't have their phone there. They just get up, go shower, go brush teeth, whatever, eat breakfast and go to work without looking at your phone. It's just... It's crucial to everybody nowadays. And this really plays such a big role, especially the younger children with their brain still developing, like I said a million times. Uh, they have that anxiety, like they have to check their phone every time they wake up in the middle of the night or right when they fall asleep, they wake up in the middle of the night and, and think that it went off or something. There's actually some huge term for that where you think you hear your phone going off because you're insane. Um, sleep is just so important. For children's and even teens, uh, they're still growing and for a long time after that still, and it's it's just so important. Um, so another thing that can interrupt is, you know, your schooling. If you're that age, you're obviously going to school, I hope. Uh, and lack of sleep is definitely going to affect your schoolwork. And like I said, when you're that age, you don't care. It's not a big deal. But, uh, you know, that carries on to you as you get older. Maybe not so much in middle school obviously. Uh, but in high school, that's still really important uh, to carry on those good grades as you go up and graduate so you can go to a good college. And not saying that you get a phone when you go to high school, you're not going to go to college, but you know, it adds up every night that you stay up and you're on that. So another huge risk is uh, texting and driving. That's probably the biggest, in my opinion. Some research has shown that talking on the phone affects driving ability as much as drinking alcohol. I'm sure some people have actually heard that. Uh, it's such a big deal uh, to, to lose track of what you're doing and go off the road and hit somebody, hit a tree, whatever. It's just a split second that it takes uh, to make such a big difference. So one survey showed that half of teens aged 16 to 17 have talked on the phone while driving and a third have texted while driving. So the, the texting is obviously a lot bigger of a deal. You take your eyes completely off the road. You can't say you have peripherals. You can't say you're multitasking in that situation. Um, they say they're multitasking, but they're really just shifting their attention completely from the road to the phone and then back and back and forth. You're not focusing on both at the same time. You're shifting your entire 100% attention. Uh, like I said, this could easily result in an accident when you take your mind off the road for even a second. It just takes a second, not even, maybe like half a second. I don't know. It just, just like that, something could happen. So parents really need to clarify with their children, uh, the risks of this 
and uh, and how quickly a situation can go wrong on the road. Um, so it's really like I stated before about social media. It's not just about talking and texting on the phone. Social media can distract you so much. You get a notification on your phone. You have that anxiety like you need to know what it is. You need to know who tagged you in something on Facebook or what, who's uploading on YouTube or who tweeted at you or something, something like that. You need to know. You're going to check it. Um, another scary thing when it comes to children is a lot of apps have location sharing features. Uh, this can allow seamless access to your child's location from anyone that has the same app, really, uh, for certain ones, I mean. So Snapchat's a pretty good example of this. Uh, SnapMap gives your friends on Snapchat a pinpoint location of yourself when you post your story, if you have that enabled. I think it's default enabled that your location shows wherever you post. Uh, it's really weird. So this allows anyone you're friends with to see where you're at unless you change it in the settings. So there's three settings. Only me, which is ghost mode, which I have on, obviously. Select friends. So only select friends can see wh- where you're at when you're posting a story. Uh, and my friends. So all your friends. Um, it That's kind of creepy because there's a lot of people that get added on Snapchat and they're like, oh, more friends, you know, more people to see their story, they can see my story, and they accept it, sometimes without even knowing who they are. A lot of people do that on Facebook and and uh, Instagram following people and Twitter following people uh, just for a little sense of uh, attention or popularity or whatever. But when you're posting, you don't really think everyone that I, not just am quote-unquote friends with, but uh, that I have actually accepted these random requests from on Snapchat can see where I am when I post. Uh, so there are plenty of apps with a similar feature that need to be monitored closely by parents. And that might be one of the things that Apple can uh, can throw into these parental controls, uh, turning off all location settings. They don't need any of it. They really don't. So when it comes to deciding it, uh, when your child should have a phone, uh, one of the things you should do is look beyond their age. Uh, obviously think about their age. But you also got to think about Um, You know, if they're showing a lot of mature signs uh, that they're getting more independent and responsible for themselves and also their belongings. Um, Think about if they if they really need the phone or if they just want it. If it's more of a want, they're going to get exactly what they want and text their friends all the time. Tell them where they're at. Tell them to go hang out and get on social media all the time. If it's more of a need, you want them to be safe, then they're going to be more responsible about it. Um, So. I think you should get your kid a phone based on if they truly need it, uh, if they're very responsible, and if you as a parent can stick to the limits you set for them. And another little thing that I didn't notice that you should really try to follow those limits yourself that you limit to your children. That'll kind of give them a sense of, oh, you know, my, my mom or my dad's doing this too. Uh, I should do it, go along with it. It just gives them a, a sense of fitting in, even though it's with your lame parent, it's still a good sense. Um, so, this story broke a couple days ago. Apple actually uh, responded a day later, so I believe it was yesterday, uh, by saying that they have new features and enhancements in the pipeline uh, to help parents control children's use of iPhones and other devices. So, this is really good. They responded pretty quick uh, to a couple shareholders, uh, $2 billion for the shareholders. Uh, but that's still really good. Um, so, I just want to get all of my thoughts out on here and all these statistics and and try to get in some people's minds, you know, when the right age is. And if you just go by age, maybe you should look further than that. 
uh, and when whether your kid is really mature enough uh, and if they're uh, responsible enough of themselves and their belongings. And this also gives you a pretty good idea of how big of an impact these shareholders have uh, when they own so much uh, shares of Apple. You know, $2 billion, that's so much. Uh, they already changed something in one day or even just got Apple to say that they're working on it. Uh, that's a pretty big deal for Apple. So I think it's really good that they're looking more into this and uh, hopefully they'll get that Apple exec on this study and try to figure out uh, more information on children in 2018 and how these cell phones and iPads are affecting them. I don't think there's a lot of information out there that's uh, you know really up to date. So again, I think it's really good that they're going to focus on this more if they weren't already, if they are, didn't already have it in the works, they do now. So I think that's great. So thank you for listening, everybody, and I'll see you next week.